You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. Hooray! I'm Jeff. There's Corey. There's Ira. They're on my screen. This hour brought to you by our friends. Register sausage. Sausages. Sausage. Meats. Good stuff. Go get them. They're everywhere. Including Publix right here in town. And they're delicious. I, uh... You know, I actually went and purchased some registered sausage the other day at my local grocery store, which you can do across the Southeast. And I thought about it. after the game, Corey, I was actually thinking I enjoy a victory sausage. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I tried to convince my wife to have some victory sausage as well. How'd that go, Ira? <laughs> Ira's not sure, but I, I, it didn't work out for oh, me. Hey, it uh, was uh yeah so but i just it was uh uh it was like 1 30 in the morning when i got home so skip the victory sausage but sunday morning sunday morning we had a little breakfast some waffles some sausage it was delicious registered sausage there's a, they have uh i mean a bunch it's a full line of sausages there's the, the hot the cheddar and jalapeno which Corey uh, loves got the baby links the breakfast i mean all kinds of different things and uh it's uh you can find if you're not in the southeast you can still partake. You can order from register meat, registermeats.com and uh got ben, ben the sausage guy is a guy. So uh support register sausage. And I don't want to look, we love Heather Birch. She's been great for us. Does a great job. My man Ben gets the biggest win. He gets a big what what has he been he's been five uh, games sponsoring in. five games in. He gets yeah. this huge win. Heather Birch has been it would flip it in the wind for 50 games and gets nothing. Hey, here's the thing about Heather Birch, though. Don't be a fan later. She was there from 
Hey, you're right. In the dark you're right. times. Day one. Yeah, yeah you're right. One. Day one of the dark times. Yeah. She came on board, but she's not fair weather. She's solid as a rock. You yeah. trust her. You know she's going to be there. Ben's that not might, to earn that. That might be their new slogan, ride or die orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> ride or die orthodontist. Well, if you were riding on Saturday night, you were happier than hell because yeah. Florida State ended up getting a win in which they were uh, significant underdogs, obviously. And you know, it's kind of funny. Ira and I talked about this on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show yesterday at 4 o'clock, Corey. Um, you can hear that show weekdays, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6, if you're so inclined. But uh, Ira joins me every Monday at 4. And we were sort of mentioning that you know, you, you like to, as a fan, you're always wanting to, or even if you're just uh, rooting for those guys to do well, you're, you're looking for signs that it's on the horizon. And so there was some fight at the end of the Miami game, even though you're getting blown out. And then obviously Notre Dame to stop and a lot of things on offense that were promising. It looked like you had forged an identity, but you're never really sure. So then you come into this game. In reality, I think they all were signs that were pointing to this team playing uh, playing better and continuing to play better. I don't know if we thought they'd win the game necessarily, but certainly we thought there was a chance that they would score enough to- points to be in it in the second half. And as it turns out, man, this coaching staff is all in on spread option, all in on Jordan Travis's skill set. They cater to it. Atkins has done a great job on the offensive line. Dillingham and Norvell are doing a good job of calling the game for Travis and his strengths. Um, And then defensively, they finally got a performance out of their defensive line. We've been waiting on this forever and a day. Uh, If those guys hadn't been thin, if Durden hadn't gotten kicked out, I think they would have had even more success or some success anyhow in the second half. So there are signs now that this team is moving in the right direction. And all of that hope that we had that they were better coached and some of the evidence that they were better coached came to be on Saturday night. And there's reason to celebrate because I think you go into the Louisville game thinking they can win that game very easily. In fact, I, I'm i inclined to pick them to win that game. Even though they're underdogs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see Saturday night coming. I think people, if they heard the show last week, probably understand that just because the defense had been so bad. Um I don't. I just don't. I, we still haven't gotten a great answer as to what changed. Like, why did the defensive line look like that? They came off the ball hard all night. Even some of the plays UNC made, Sam Howell's having to escape sacks and run around, and and um, guys are made, even on some of their runs. You see guys flying to the ball. They just over pursue it, or they get kicked out of the way. But at least they're going towards the ball. I, I just. I don't know where 11's been. I don't know where that came from. Kane Doe was better. And then obviously Marvin played like Marvin was supposed to all year. I, I still don't quite understand what what happened, why they looked like that, why, did they, why they didn't look like that against Notre Dame or Georgia Tech or Miami. Well, two things. Watching uh, Norvell's show Monday night, and uh, I don't like the way they do the co- – and it's not Norvell's thing. Willie Taggart started this. Where they don't do the, uh, the the they don't do the call-ins anymore. They don't do the you know the live audience. I think well, when Odell, I guess with Willie, they did have an audience there, but they didn't take calls. I think it was just the the questions from the audience. Um, I like the old call-in show where you'd have uh, back when Coach Bowden was doing it, like players would call in under disguised voices. Um, anyway, I like the call-in side. This is different. It's Tom Block just asking questions. But there were a couple interesting things. One was hey, nobody Fuller. nobody needs to hear from. I'm block. <laughs> right, guys? Adam Fuller 
that guy that guy's been an arch nemesis <laughs> yeah. um uh adam fuller was on and josh kando was on and they both said some things i thought that were kind of interesting that we'll explore as we talk to defensive players on wednesday but uh adam fuller said that you could tell guys were starting to question things because they weren't having success early in the season so i think there might have been some of the you know, doubt that has been in that program now for the last three years. Those guys haven't trusted their coaches for a long time. Then they come out and whatever scheme they were playing that first game and they didn't have success, they started, I think they started questioning what they were doing. And then now you don't have that guys aren't selling out. Um, And what Janaris Robinson said was that, and Josh Kando said was that the Notre Dame game gave them a sense of, Oh, wait a minute. Like, this could work. Like, because they had stretches in that game where, obviously, it was awful the first four or five possessions for Notre Dame. But the second half, they actually played decent defensively. They got stops. Um, And so he said, like, you know, said they felt like they found something in that game to where, wait a minute, this stuff could work if we actually, you know, really sell out to it. And then I think the other part of it is, I think Jordan transforms everything, and and you know, and uh, Derek, uh, Scott Satterfield, not Derek Satterfield, Scott Satterfield, Louisville's coach, talked yesterday at his press conference and said they look like a completely different team, and he thinks so much of it is just because they know the offense can score now, and it just inspires everybody. So I think it's a combination of those two things. Well, they're certainly buoyed by the fact that they don't have to, you know, pitch a shutout, and they're not going to they're not good enough. I I don't know. You know, that somewhat answers some questions defensively. I, I've looked at that very closely. I, it's very strange. I think the fact that some veterans have had to take a seat. There are certain guys who didn't play a lot in this game, by the way. One guy in particular who uh, I don't know if he even saw the field. That certainly helped. I mean, they are clearly going to ride now with, with Stephen Dix Jr. Uh, but when you look at the defensive line, Durden was getting better. He played better against Notre Dame. You were yeah. starting to see him get right. And based on what we heard out of camp was he was nursing injury and recovering from injury and really didn't have a good camp. And so that might explain that, you know, he was playing hard and playing better. And we continued to see that till he got kicked out of the game in the, late in the second quarter. I don't know what happened with Marvin. Because Marvin, for the first time all year, played hard. He played a lot. And he was consistently disruptive. Well, that changes what you're doing, man. You're resetting the line of scrimmage. I mean, a lot of the stuff in that first half for North Carolina, it's funny to watch. Florida State's playing nickel behind them, okay? They're telling the linebackers that, look, they're going to occupy up front, and you guys go spill and make plays. And those guys did. They triggered. They, They weren't always right, but they played fast. But it all is dependent on Marvin Jones. Coop played great. Marvin Jones? I wish it was Marvin Jones. I wish Marvin Jones was here. Yeah, (laughs) Marvin Wilson. It's all dependent on Marvin Wilson playing up to the standard of Marvin Wilson, right? I mean, that guy is a game changer. If you couple him with Durden, obviously with Coop playing well, you get Briggs back. That was nice. He played meaningful snaps here. If you get a defensive line to play like that, everything else is easier. And you go all the way back to Adam Fuller a couple weeks ago saying, uh, basically calling out his defensive line, right? I mean, he said it. Well, it doesn't matter what scheme I run behind these guys. If they don't play, it doesn't really matter. And he's right. Those guys, for the first time this year, played great up front, at least for, uh, you know, a half. 
And, and then you saw the difference. And no, I thought no. even at the end, they played well. They were getting pressure on him at the end, yeah. and they had to be dog-tired. They had been on the field yeah. for, I don't know, 38 minutes or four, whatever it had been. And at the end, when it mattered, I know they dropped some passes, but Howell was hurried. The whole thing was sped up. It wasn't a, a true freshman quarterback in his first start just scanning the field, la-di-da, is anybody open? Let me see. No pressure at all. If they would have played like that, and I guess, yeah, Durden was hurt, but if they would have just fired off the ball like that and played like that against Georgia Tech, even with Blackman as the quarterback, you're winning that game. Yes. You're winning that game. And it just yes. – so that's good to see. They they are – world. the whole team really is worlds better than it was uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all mental. It's not not physical. And that was the whole frustrating thing about watching it is because you you knew there was so much more in there. That's why, you know, they're getting ripped. And people are ripping them constantly, including us and other people, because they – First of all, you know they have the physical ability, but then you watch the play, and guys are not running full speed to the ball. It's just not happening. In that game, they were. I thought the tackling in a lot of cases was atrocious. And North Carolina's backs are really good. Yeah, they missed. Uh, I thought. I think they're both good. But yeah. the jump. Yeah, the Williams kid played awesome. Williams kid. Uh, Williams kid's better. Yeah. Um, but but they uh, but there were guys around the ball. So if somebody missed the tackle, there was other guys there. Um, yeah. It, you know. And I, the effort was so much better, I, but I do think it's it's contagious. You know, I, we talked about this three or four weeks ago. I think when we got in the argument about about what team like Kyle Trask at Florida, it it's a it's a it's a drain when you know the co- offense can't score. I was like, you know, Florida State put out a stat yesterday that uh, the offense has scored on fifteen of thirty one possessions since Jordan Travis took over our quarterback. In the first twenty one possessions of the year, they had scored five times. And I think three of them were field goals. So, I mean, think about what that does to you as a, as a player on defense or special teams. Man, we can't – we're down 10. We're not going to win. The, we have no chance. There's no chance. So I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I think that that revitalizes things, man. Those guys – I think people respond to him. Yeah, you're buoyed by the fact that you've got a player that can give you a chance to win a football game even if you give up a couple scores. Yeah, I absolutely think it does. Uh, and I also really listen. We got this whole hour and, the, and next to get to it, but I want to continue to. I mean, I beat this drum from the beginning, much to the chagrin of some people on my Twitter feed. But this team, to me, is really well coached. I'm gonna continue to say it. They're really well coached, and there have been kids all along in a position to make plays. Now they're starting to make plays. That is perhaps because Jordan Travis has buoyed and you know obviously lifted the spirits of this team. They believe they can win now because they got a guy on the other side of the ball that can make plays as well. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So you watch them come out in this game, and obviously from the get-go they were bought in. Spirited. It felt like an old-timey Saturday night at Doak game, man. Even with limited amounts of people in the stands, it was loud. Um, and this team believed they were going to win the football game. And that starts basically with special teams. you got to give Papucha's credit. I'm going to start down the line of coaches to congratulate this week. Uh, but, you know, it, it starts there. Uh, and Norvell said it at the introductory press conference. They're going to be much better on special teams. And, listen, I, they can't really control if their kicker continues to miss chip shots. But everything else about special teams is a lot better. And you give yourself a chance and you provide an infusion of energy right off the bat with the block kick and immediate block punt. And almost right up after that, you get a touchdown. I was you know, talking about this on uh, on Wake Up War Chant about um, 
imagine being a Florida State football player in the the disaster that your special teams have been the last two years. Like you've been one of the worst programs in the country. This coach comes in and says, "We're changing things. We're flipping it. We're going to be awesome at special teams immediately." That's that's what I care about the most. And then in five weeks, right now, they by ESPN's metrics, they have the number one special teams unit in the country. Considering where they were the last two years, how can you not believe that this coach knows what he's doing? Thank you. How can you not believe it? If you don't believe in him now, and if you're not bought in him now, then you're just being you're being uh, petulant. Yeah, yeah you're, you're just your heads in the sand. Like I, I just think that kind of stuff, along with winning, obviously, but winning games, but seeing immediate dividends in some aspects, you just start. Be- if you believe in the guy that's telling you what to do. You just you're gonna you're gonna be better. That's just how it works. And the the proof isn't just hey we're gonna do this we're gonna do that. Uh, it's not words. It's actions. They're now number one in the country in special teams, which you think where this unit was two years ago, it was laughable. Now they're number one. They're probably not gonna finish number one. There's some other conferences that are getting ready to play here soon. But man, the 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 leaps they made just in that area alone. Um, should should give all Florida State fans, players too, but obviously fans hope, okay, yeah, these guys do know what they're doing. What's funny is, like, and this isn't to take a shot at Jimbo because, I mean, in terms of, like, g- game preparation and what you need to do to win football games, I think Jimbo Fisher's as good as anybody. But remember when we used to ask him about blocking punts and, like, hey, why do you guys not even try to block punts? And he would be like, oh, well, you can't. You can't anymore. They've got those three guys back there. It's just Im- impossible. You just you need to work more on setting up returns, and it's like, well, apparently it is possible because th- these guys do it. I mean, it, and and it's not. I mean, you know, they they cover on special teams. Yes, uh, and and I think it just sends a message. You know, I, I really think that was not. I don't think blocking that punt was so much about. It was great that it gave them a, a quick, easy score. Well, and but, they saw something too because they went with the overload. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also it's. I just think it gives a mentality to the players that, man, we are coming, you know, hell's coming with us, that kind of attitude. Look, I mean, Mike Norvell's not the most physically imposing guy, but man, you could tell he wants to destroy people. I mean, he wants them to bury teams and that's important, man. That was one of our big complaints about Jimbo is Jimbo was fine winning by seven points or nine points or four people around playing slow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I get it, but there's also something to be, said for playing with a ferocity imposing your will well okay so let's add to this so we we start with papuchas but then we look at what coach adkins has done with the offensive line and this really marries with what dillingham and norvell have decided to do offensively so i think no other way to say this in the same way that previous coaches have been fooled about what they had and or I guess you could argue maybe they weren't fooled, but Jordan Travis was dinged up and really didn't get to participate fully in scrimmages and the like when they were going through fall camp. And I, to expand on that, I think he was out more than just scrimmages. I mean, from what you know, yeah, I had a couple of people, like yeah, a couple of people texted me during the game. They're like, seriously, what the hell? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I mean, honestly, from what I've heard, I mean, he missed two or three weeks. So of he preseason. missed most of it. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. crazy is he wasn't all banged up the whole time last year. Well, the man could not get on the field. That's correct. Hey, anyway, man. go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to relitigate that, but go ahead. Okay, so what, what I would tell you about this is, is that here's another indicator that they're well coached. And it also speaks to something that Norvell mentioned 
when he talked when he was asked about the kinds of offenses he runs or what he wants to run, and he'll he he talked about catering to the skill set that they had, especially a quarterback. And when you went back and looked at Memphis, they had quarterbacks that could throw the ball from the pocket, distribute the football to playmakers, and they did more of that, or they ran more, or they ran the quarterback more. But they adopted to what they had at the position. Okay, so obviously you start the year. And we all talked about James Blackman. We knew what he was. We knew what he no longer could be, basically, because he was broken. It's fairly evident early on in the season, he's playing terribly. He doesn't really give you a chance to win. The first guy they go to ends up being Tate Rodemaker. All right, so, you know, you go you go with Rodemaker and not Jordan Travis necessarily. Okay, so now eventually we get to Travis pretty quickly, obviously, once it becomes evident that Tate's not ready. In a very short period of time, they have figured out exactly what Jordan Travis does well, how to block it up, how to scheme it up, how to add wrinkles to it so that that he doesn't have to be a drop-back passer, and they cater the entire offense, the way the offensive line blocks, creating angles, you name it. Everything is set up to cater to that skill set. We're running spread option almost exclusively, right? That is a coach going to his staff and sitting down with Atkins, sitting down with Dillingham and saying, God, it may not be what we see, but this is what we have. We've got to call the game accordingly. That's coaching, man. That's adjustments on the fly. That's holy hell. This is okay. This is what has to be done. And we can win this way because I've got an offensive line coach who did this at previous stops, whether it was Tulane or Charlotte, right? I've got an offensive coordinator who is in lockstep with me. And now I understand that's what we are this year. Well, maybe we'll add to it next year. Maybe we won't be that next year. But right now, this is what we are, and this is how we identify ourselves, and we have to call to it accordingly. That's all coaching, man. That's a thing of beauty. you got receivers blocking. A lot of those guys aren't going to get the ball, but they're bought into blocking because they understand that's what this is. You have to stay ahead of the change. That's all coaching. Agreed. I've had a couple people – Asking, you know, well, what are you going to do if Travis gets hurt or what, well, or, or whatever? And that's why I said, like, okay, but this is their only shot it, with this right. team. You can't go back to Blackman. No, Rod, Tate Rodemaker's not ready. If anything, so, you go to Chubb. That's what you exactly. Have to do. So that's what this offense has to be this year. Your only options to move the football with this team and these quarterbacks is either Jordan Travis or Chubba Purdy being dual threat guys who can run yep. the zone read. And I'll tell you what, man. It's been a million years, I feel like. Maybe ever. Has Florida State ever had a quarterback that can run the zone read? I don't think they have. No, no they've no, never. No. This this guy is unique, man. He is not – I made this point last week. I'm going to continue to make it as long as he's a quarterback. He is not just a mobile quarterback. Right. He is a fantastic running quarterback. That play, we say it's an easy touchdown after the block punt. Look, oh, it's a – it's a zone read, and your your running back is getting blown up by their best player. Like Surratt reads it, fires immediately, crushes that guy. You still have two dudes in the area that that gotta make that, a miss. He pulls it, and he splits them like a like a guy when he's when they're when he's a, def, a pick and roll is being defended, and sometimes the guy with the ball will split them. That's what he just did. And that it, put any quarterback Florida State has had the last, literally the last 10 years. It's a five yard loss. It's a five yard loss. And they're curling up because it, the play was blown up and it was diagnosed well by the defense. He just had a 23 yard touchdown. This guy is unique. He's special. If he can, in, in the running area, if he can stay healthy, man, 
you, you you're going to have him for another three and a half years. Well, probably. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Florida State has just recently identified themselves as this. That's now all on film. This is now something that people are going to adjust to. They realize that, okay, we need to make him a pocket passer. So they're going to change their defense. They're not going to allow him to do those kinds of things forever. Now, some teams aren't capable. Some teams can't make him be that. Others can. And there are limitations to this offense, which is fine. There's limitations to every offense. I'm just saying get ready for more of that. Yeah, the good thing is there's not a lot of great defenses left on the schedule. That's true. Um, so that helps for this year. But no, there's no question. Taking advantage of this past game, poor North Carolina. Like, you got to think, Mac, I would love to have known, like, the conversations between Mac Brown and his offensive coordinator and offensive coaches during that game. Like, what the hell is this? Like, these guys haven't played all season on defense, and now we're seeing yeah. – now we're so, seeing this. Who is eleven? Where did eleven come from? <laughs> yeah. Who who put on his uniform? <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's true. a different Seminole team. Seminole headlines, ninety-seven ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. And on that side of the ball, since we kind of segued over to defense, I want to point out this. You know, I've been begging for them to to try to play more man. And they did. They also Ooh. really did a good job of focusing on, on on for North Carolina. They when you come out of nickel, North Carolina's assuming they can run the ball because certainly Notre Dame did, right? So you're figuring we can do that. They didn't account for the fact that Florida State's defensive line cared to be there. Uh, they also didn't account for the fact that they were much more disciplined and basically sold out to stop that run game. I question why North Carolina waited so long to attack the linebackers in the seams. They should have done that earlier, but probably they never expected to have to. And before they realized that they're down 17 to nothing, yeah. before they even really realized, holy hell, we got a different animal here tonight. And these guys are playing fast. They're not always in the right spots, but they're also playing hard. They care. They've got some momentum. Later on, they make the adjustments. By the time they adjust, it's 31 to seven. So, they waited a little too long. If they had to do it over again, I think they would have started attacking down the seams and had a lot of success sooner. But that's good coaching. Once again, that's a tip of the cap to this coaching staff. Now, listen, they had to hold on for dear life because they were thin numbers up front and Carolina adjusted. It, it will be interesting moving forward. To well, see no, no. They had to hold on for dear life because of Dante Lucas. Well, that's correct. But defensively, they had to yeah. hold on for dear life because they were thin in numbers. So, uh, And the adjustments were made. You're right. To your point, if Florida State scores to make it 38-7, to and by all rights they should have, it's first and goal on the two. If they don't get the loss followed by the personal foul penalty, they're going to go in and score and make it 38-7. to If you make it 38-7, to I think you walk, you sleepwalk to a victory. I don't think North Carolina comes back. There's not enough time for the or enough possessions. But why would uh, you want that? That's too easy. You don't want that. You want to. You want it to be a little white knuckle at the end. But I would. I would like my kicker not to miss chip shot field goals that also put the game away. Um, that that said, he did, uh, and we'll have to monitor that situation closely. Uh, but, but yeah, but you know that's the thing. Like people though are like, yeah, Carolina dropped those passes late. Okay, they did. And two, one of them would have been an unbelievable catch. I mean, it was high and hard. Yeah. Um, the other two were drops. But for say they're they're. There are so many things that North Carolina, so many breaks North Carolina got to just have a chance in that game. Correct. I mean, the Dante Lucas penalty, 
their first touchdown before halftime, I think the defense was going to get a stop, but they had two personal fouls yeah. that helped them get that first touchdown. Um, the missed field goals that would have given – I mean, there was just so many things Florida State did. Well, the North Carolina throw, made some incredible catches. Jay Sean well, Cor- yeah, you're right. The and then, and then uh, the Corbin touchdown that got called back in the Wildcat. The guy just, I think the running back just, like, leaned forward. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what caused that penalty. So it's not like – it's not, you know, again, they, it could have been, it, you know, they could have named their score. Yeah, listen, when you score, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's that you did. I mean, the game, you, you, those points in the first half obviously count. That last drive is a really big drive. You answer and you score yeah. again and you can't know it in the moment, but it turns out to be the winning drive. It turns out to be the game-winning drive. And it's only afterwards that you look back and go, holy hell, I didn't realize that last score um, you know, would have been so necessary. It was, but it counts. They all count. So there you go. You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like for Florida State, you now, without question, have an identity. And maybe, just maybe, you have a defensive line that's completely bought in. Clearly, they've decided to go a different direction, a linebacker. Steven Dix is going to be there, out there. I, he was out there. I, I I feel like he was out there every play. He, he made more. Yeah, he played more snaps than anybody else on defense. He was, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. So it was 86. He played 80. He played 86 plays that night. Yeah. Well, there it is. So they clearly have made a decision there. I I do think for people that are asking, will we see uh, more of Amari Gaynor, who I believe only played in like nine snaps? Yeah. Uh, Well, that was the decision when they went nickel. But uh, I think I think the answer is yes. Uh, I don't think you can have him on the sideline that much. I understand how it happened and why it happened, but I think you got to find a way to utilize him more. I just. I want to know, do we have any definitive answer? I mean, I guess I'm just barking up a tree here. Is Halps and Nashville Dean ever going to play for this team? Because if he is, they become an even better defense because he suddenly is in a different role and you don't have to play Jaden Lars would be as much. Can, can we can we get an answer on this at some point? They're uh, they're going through the process, Jeff. The, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't look. I mean, I, I would not expect it. That's why I've, I've been telling people for three or four weeks on our message boards. If you see him out there in uniform, be it's happy. Yeah. But just don't don't. I think I think he's he's contributing to the team, even if he's not going to play. I think the reason if he is opting out, which I think is a distinct possibility, they I think he's such a good teammate and such a good guy that the players all like that may that may be the reason that they're keeping him on the sideline. He talks to players between plays. I think that may be going on. Um, we don't know that for sure. Man, but, they can uh, use him though if he wants to play. Yeah. If he wants to play, maybe he saw something on Saturday night well, that motivates him. Hey, I was thinking about that, though. Think about the fact that Dennis Briggs came back. That's huge. Like, you're not having guys – you know, you've had a couple guys get leave the team. Yeah. But the uh, the idea that these guys are buying in five games into Norvell's tenure, that Dennis Briggs decides to come back to the team, not transfer or whatever else – I mean, that's, those are all really good signs. Uh, you, you feel like there's the buy-in is growing – as opposed to waning after those first early games. Hey, a good bit of the, uh, a good, a sizable chunk of the guys that took it on down the road were guys that we said should take it on down the road. Right. Right. I mean, they were guys who were kind of like, okay, have a good one. That, that kind of needs to happen. So you, you, again, you're weeding yeah. out some, some dead weight. Uh, you got kids that are buying in. I'm sure you had a lot of guys that were right there teetering that weren't sure which way they were going to go, right? But then they've watched these last couple of weeks. They've seen that incremental growth. They've seen a world of growth on offense, but they see the game planning. They see the passion to get better every day. Listen, that celebration in the locker room wasn't just because they won. Look at how they celebrated together, man. That was They were all elated to watch Coach 
smash the rock. And think what you will of that. The fact that that buy-in, I mean, that was as loud a locker room as we've heard in ages. They were so happy for him, for each other, for that group as a team. One of the players tweeted Norvell for president. I can't, I can't remember yeah, I think who it was. It was. Jarian Jones, I think. Um, t- yeah, tweeted Norvell for president. But also, I think it's the first touchdown that Travis, that great run he had. Warren Thompson, who only had one catch. Um, That's more than he usually has. Right, and it was a big catch. It was on that last yeah. drive. He's celebrating like they just won a national title, or like he just caught the touchdown pass. Huge. And again, we have we we had we the whole fan base, everybody that covers Florida State, has had some issues with Warren Thompson in the last year and a half, and you've wondered how bought in bought in he might be for him to be celebrating a team play and another touchdown from another player. Again, I just think that's a that's another positive sign when you talk about a kid being bought in because he was talking about teetering. He was pro- he was off the team last year, and I think there was a real good chance he had a foot and a half out the door this year. Yeah, and now he's making big plays, and he's ta- he's excited when the team does well. Again, that's an in that that's just that's good to see. That's good to see when you're when you're talking about building something. I'd also note that James Blackman's been great in all of this. Uh, you know, I want to, sure. while we talk about guys that are buying in, that's a couple weeks in a row. You know, I tweeted it out during the Notre Dame game. I, I just was happy to see the way that he celebrated kids. He did it in the Miami game even. He, he's, you know, there's a kid that uh, has been through a lot. He could be embittered, doesn't appear to be, seems to be uh, the best possible kind of teammate there. So that's good news to see. Uh, I want to tip. I think he can, yeah, no, it's, I'm glad you said that. And I, and I think it's you. He can sell that to himself. Is we have to go to this style of football because we don't have an offensive line. I can't just sit back there and right. take time and dissect the field. We they need a mobile quarterback. They need a guy that can do the zone read stuff. So he, you know, he can sell it to himself as you know, it's not all of me that failed. It's this is Jordan Travis is what this team needs. But you know, again, man, I, you know, I think that they've identified, as you're saying, the th- the changes they've made on offense from a scheme standpoint, but then on defense, ide- identifying guys they can win with. Uh, you know, Adam Fuller, the way he described it on that coaches show last night was with Stephen Dix. He said, "Look, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be a freshman, but we he's a guy we feel like we have to invest in," and I think that's the, exactly the right approach. It's like we're we're going to invest. We're going to put. We're going to put some money into this. We're, we're This is going to cost us something in mm-hmm. some of the plays you don't make or the mistakes you make. But the return is going to come. Well, and think about I, what this that's year right should approach. be. That's what the year should be, though. You're not playing for anything. You're playing yeah. for next year. You're playing to figure out who you got. You're playing to figure out what you can work with and what you can be and what you can do. This year's you're not winning anything. You weren't going to win anything even if things went smoothly because Clemson's still here. This uh, year you're uh, this year you're putting the down payment on the house. Hey, right. do you do you let James Blackman just play the whole game against Clemson? <laughs> if you're a d- <laughs> just saying, like Monday, you, Monday, Monday morning or Sunday night at their practice, Norvell calls James in. He's like, James, listen, if we're going to beat the. You have to be be the guy. The whole team's like, what? Like, just listen to me. (laughs) Jordan's like, he's right. He's right. (laughs) Jordan's like, absolutely, James. Take the reins, buddy. They've had six six weeks to prepare for Jordan Travis now. We're going to do the flippity-doo. Flip the script. Give him some James Blackman. (laughs) No matter what the score is, James, it's your game. 
James is walking off the sideline. It's 40, 48 to nothing in the first quarter. Go get him, James. <laughs> James, you got him. You set it's him a, up. Play him possum. Yeah. It's a four-quarter game. Oh. Fourth quarter is yours. <laughs> I mean, you can't have Jordan Travis running around against those dudes risking the rest of the season. Hey, hey can we live in the now? Okay, sorry. 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 Here, present. Okay, that's important. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour before we get to headliner questions, and it's been a, a fun hour, uh, an hour to celebrate a big win, and it offsets the devastating loss that you had against Georgia Tech because I said win against Georgia Tech, loss against North Carolina. So you get that one back. But I do think as you project forward and you look at Louisville, I was kind of surprised originally to see that line where it was for Louisville. I've been thoroughly unimpressed with what they have at quarterback. Uh, I don't I don't really necessarily think this is a terrible matchup for Florida State. I will say, you know, as excited as we are about the the offensive identity that that has been discovered in the last game and a half. I'm sure Louisville's pretty pumped up about what they got on defense against Notre Dame because that came out of nowhere. Nobody saw Louisville's defense holding Notre Dame to 12 points, and I watched a good bit of that game, and they were great uh, against everything that Notre Dame wanted to run. So they're probably buoyed by what they got on defense. We know we're buoyed by what we just saw on offense. I think it's a perfect matchup. Should be a lot of fun. They got another chance to show real growth here, uh, and, and I think that Florida State earlier i see I, state winnable 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 if anything i actually i like us to win those games especially when you think about how injury riddled uh pitt and nc state are uh, unfortunately for them obviously you get a quarterback break his leg last week for nc state they gotta play sorry ass bailey hawkman who's pathetic um you look at you look at louisville uh, I, I don't think they've been nearly as good as everybody touted that quarterback to be. He's not. Um, so I feel I feel good about it. Corey, did tell us the quarterback get hurt too. Yeah, he did. He did. He's hurt too. Yeah. Corey, tell us about that path to six wins. How how impenetrable that path is now. I mean, look. Here's the thing, though. Like, it what what's a good season now? Like, I I I think what should excite Florida State fans, whether they finish with seven wins or five wins or four wins is you've seen this thing operate at full capacity. You see what it looks like now. That's the best half of football they've played since when? Since Jameis in 13? Against a good team. Yeah, that's the best half of football they've played in so long that you didn't even know what to do with yourself. You're like, what is this? How old old was Brady in 2013? Brady was five. Yeah. Okay. Brady was yeah, so Brady was five the last time that uh that I mean that's crazy too. Yeah. So um so that's what should excite you is in five weeks, three weeks, think about the just the pathetic product we saw those first two weeks of the season. Um and then to come back three weeks late, two weeks later and hang with Notre Dame. And then the next week, we know North Carolina is not a top five. They're not one of the five best teams in the country, but they're a good team. And you haven't beat a good team around here in a long time. To do that, to look like that, I just I can't get over the leaps that were made. So if they take a a minor step back against – don't beat Louisville. And they're underdogs, so it wouldn't be – I don't necessarily think it's a hangover. I don't necessarily think they played down to their competition. They're still a two-and-three football team. But haven't you seen the potential now that no matter what happens against Louisville, as long as it's not 56-6, to six, they don't just quit. If they continue to build and stack competitive performances on each other, 
They're not all going to be wins because you're not good enough to win all the close games. But if you stack competitive performances on top of each other, that builds so much momentum going into next season. As long again is if you don't you, you, Clemson doesn't need to come down to Tallahassee. It doesn't need to happen. Why would you do that to yourself? But other than that, just keep stacking competitive performances. Well, something to note real quick. Sorry, Ira. One thing to say, one thing to say here is that suddenly we're talking about the possibility of winning six games and nobody's laughing you out of a room. They won't. I mean, you're right. They're still, they've got a long way to go. They've got areas of personnel that have got to get better through recruiting or the transfer portal. They've got to try to stay healthy. Obviously all bets are off. If Jordan Travis goes down, we know all these things, but the truth is, Louisville's a winning game, uh, a winnable game. NC State's a winnable game. Pitt's a winnable game now. Virginia's a winnable game. Duke's a winnable game. Yeah. Like, beat Duke, period. But, but you know, like, you look at that, those are all games that just a week ago, before the Notre Dame game, we would have gone, I don't know, guys. I mean, we, you were probably thinking one, two more wins. At In back. the second quarter? Think about the second quarter against Jacksonville State. I thought we were going to be covering an 0-11 football team. I legitimately Never. thought – we're they are not going to win a game this year. Now we're th- we're talking about five or six or seven wins, and they just beat a top five team well, in the country. I, I thought they would get better each week just because of the reps. They really did. Well, get screwed. we can't ignore how screwed they got. I with- agree. Under normal circumstances, I agree. And if you were like talking about in a classroom, but like after what these guys have been through the last three or sure, four years, sure, the mentality, and then a new coaching staff that really hasn't even been in place because you had the whole quarantine time. If if I gave you guys five thousand dollars each, okay, uh, after the after the Miami game, if I gave you each five thousand dollars and said, "Well, you got to bet on one or the other that this team turns it around and wins six or seven games, oh, well, or, or, seven. or 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 this team turns around and wins five games, or they quit, they're done. This guy's going to lose the team. Five five thousand dollars after the Miami game. I mean, there was no reason to believe that those guys wouldn't fold on him. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy if you think about it. In their first two games, they got beat by a Georgia Tech team that nobody expected was picked to finish last in the conference, and they kicked their ass at home. Then you go to Miami, and you lose by six touchdowns. Yeah. Like, there's no way anybody would have thought they could just turn it around to be decent, let alone yeah. beat a North Carolina three weeks ago. That's yeah, to be, I didn't even think they'd be competitive. And now they're not they, – they, they beat a good team. They beat a good team. And – uh Again, that's just – I, I don't know how you're not – as a Florida State fan, I'm obviously optimistic. I get it. A couple of weeks. It makes you wonder, okay, what's 2022 going to look like? Do you, you know? do you guys do you guys expect the coaches to be able to keep them on task this week, or do you think that's going to be – Yeah, no, I, I expect them to keep them on task this week. I, I think it's important. A lot of little things went right – well, first of all, I need to know the extent of our injuries – because that matters. This is a thin group. They they don't have a lot of room for people going down that are starters. So if that happens, you got problems, especially a quarterback. But you know, listen. If uh, for, they got a little lucky that the Durden ejection happened when it did, because yeah. now he's he's available this week right, right off the bat in this first half. So that's big. Uh, you know, you add Briggs to this group, and and suddenly you got deeper there. Kando played the best game that he's played maybe ever. Uh, so you're starting to see something from him. Janaris Robinson, for the first time, played well. Um, I don't see a reason they would take a step back. I, I think that they'll play. Uh, you know, they're not going to be a good defense. They've, they've got a problem, especially on one side of the field. A certain corner can't can't play. We need. Uh, we're going to need. We're going to need that to get rectified. 
Well, I don't understand it. He can play. We've well, seen it. Well, but you he's tell, just man, getting torched. You could tell in the uh, when after he gave up the last touchdown, Adam Fuller was sitting down with him on the sideline, like with his like both hands kind of like like face to face, both hands yeah. kind of around his shoulders. Basically, uh, it was almost like trying to console a child or something. I mean, I, he, that kid, I think he's lost all confidence. Um, it's hard to play corner if you don't have confidence. Yeah, he looked he looked lost. He looked frustrated. He looked completely just bereft of hope, as I like to say. But you know, by the way, I'm encouraged by Miko Dotson when everybody else isn't. I, he's, I, in, he's in good coverage on those plays. That kid makes a super play, not once but twice. And then you know, look, he's he's where he needs to be. That's just a big receiver going up and making a play a couple of times. I, you know, obviously he he's got to get a little bit better when the ball's in the air, but he he competes, and that's what they they love him. Like listen to Norvell yeah. and I, I Fuller like him talk too. about. Yeah, I mean they love him. Juan, I like uh, what is it uh, Greenlee or what Greenlee? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brownlee, 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 Brownlee. I mean Brownlee, Greenlee, like, Redley, Blue, yeah, Red, Green, yeah. Brown, whatever. Yeah, I I like him a lot. Um, I, they're, they're, well, obviously we like Asante. They got some guys they can work with. Be really cool if Hamza Nasruddin came back. I'm just gonna keep saying it and hope that it produces. Get that something. in the universe. Yeah, just throw that universe. out there. Be really cool if he came back because he's kind of a, a difference maker. All yeah, right, we I can't go. Sure. Hold on, we yeah, can't no. go the whole first hour and not mention Ladamian Webb. I just wanted to say that that's, he's a that's, good, good, good football player and he's yes, fun he to watch. Yeah, he is a good football player. I like his heart. He's got great balance. He's tough, uh, and he's a good football player. I like. I pretty much like our backs in general. Well. On that note, though, I really think that that's why I don't expect them to take a huge step back is because the core guys on this team right now, especially on offense, are the kind of guys I don't think would would have a bad week because of preparation. Let me, Travis, Let me ask you this real quick. You're right, Ira. I think that's a good point. But I want to ask you, after this Louisville game, they get the bye week. Do you think Tamori and Terry plays again? You know, I, I wasn't sure, but I, I heard from somebody that he, during the game, was kind of like itching to play. Like, like he, and he, right. if you could see him walking without crutches. I mean, it was a, it was as minor of a minor thing as it could possibly be. So my point would be if he yeah. wants to play because he yeah. knows he needed to put good stuff on tape for the NFL, which is what he did against Notre Dame, by the way, if he does that, I mean, what he, what he sees. A one fourth filled stadium sure. and not want to jump back out there and play. Right. right. And they, there hasn't been a product for an injured player to want to rush back to help <laughs> in five years. That's what I was going to say is if this was, if this was sliding into the abyss, there's no chance in hell. No chance. And, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily blame them. No, no, we wouldn't. I just, I, I'm curious. I, if he plays, man, they've got a chance to be even better on offense and give some Clemson. And Come get know. some, Clemson. Easy, easy, easy. All easy. right, you're right. I'll settle down. Hour number two, forthcoming. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next.